Good evening, everybody, and welcome to episode two of Schumann Says. Uh, gotta say, first week out was pretty good. The reception to the podcast has been pretty nice. Uh, we actually had a few members uh, join the AD Club due to the podcast. So if you're out there watching, thank you for that. We do appreciate the support. Uh, but breaking down the film, Coach, I've got some constructive criticism. Can you take can you take some constructive criticism for this? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, bring it on. I need to get better after watching the tape as well. I got things I got to work on. Yes, sir. Yeah, I mean the only thing I noticed is that you just you kind of seemed to think that we were on the radio. You forgot the camera. You know the fans out there were just hoping that you would give them some engagement, looking at them a little bit. Uh, I think that you know this week moving forward, I think we're going to knock it out of the park this time. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's a very good point. Um, you know, on radio, uh, a lot of people used to come up to me and say, hey, you got a face for radio. <laughs> and I would be like, yeah, I really don't know what that means. But now um, checking out the podcast and the video, I need to get my eyes up, head up. It's heads up football. But, um, you know, uh, people used to chastise me a lot about that little joke there. But, uh, <laughs> You know, now I know what they're talking about. So I'll keep my head up. I don't want to show my bald spot anymore. I'll speak clearly and uh, keep the excitement going. Uh, I was uh, in the meeting today. Uh, had the prep coaches said uh, they really appreciated my excitement and enthusiasm during the meeting. So we'll keep that going. We're rolling. That's exactly right. I mean, you know, that's why I wear a hat, Coach. I, you know, I can't be exposed with the bald spot, man. I was thinking about that as well. It's like, should I do a hat like Chip or what? But what I'm supporting, I had the basketball shirt on last weekend. Now I got the wrestling warm-up on today. I think we need to showcase what we have bought for our teams so that um, these guys out there who are joining the AD Club can see that their money is being well spent. And uh, we had another... AD club member from the class of 83 jump in, Chris Gearhart, a hard-nosed safety running back from uh, Whitehall, Pennsylvania. He is a head coach up there. Uh, I don't want to butcher his high school, but he can email me tomorrow and uh, uh, hit me up at what high school he's at. But he was a, a warrior on our PG team in 1983. He jumped in, so we got almost 22 guys from that um, team. And uh, another great warrior was Dave Huffman, a center. We all love centers. Um, he, he went, went from, from Fork, Fork Union, Union down, down to uh, Austin P. And now he's, he's in Glen Allen, Allen uh, selling, selling cars, cars, doing well there. So, so we appreciate Dave Huffman jumping into AD Club as well. Yeah, I mean, you know, we, we mentioned the class of 83 last uh, time. And, you know, if you're out there and you're not a member of the class of 83, you guys got to get your, your group together, man, because they are, uh, you know, they're kicking everybody's butt in terms of uh, AD club members. So if you uh, want to try and compete with them, we encourage that, obviously. Um, but we're going to go ahead and get started tonight with a little NFL news. Um, I don't know if you guys watched the game last night versus San Francisco and Seattle, but it was uh, as good as they promised it would be. Um, it went down to the wire into overtime, uh, and San Francisco loses their first game to Seattle after going 8-0, and which, you know, in the NFL is pretty tough to do. Uh, but again, Seattle won off of a field goal to win the game with time running out. Uh, what do you think about that, Coach? Yeah, I'm always intrigued by um, San Francisco because they're more 21 personnel. They had their uh, fullback back. I think he's from Harvard or some Ivy League school. Um, and they, they like to run. They, they run. I think they've, uh, they're leading the league in rushing yards right now, and it's out of their 22 personnel. 
And, um, you know, their quarterback, <clears throat> I don't want to mention his name. I probably, I'm tired. Uh, I probably, what, uh, Giragolo or something like that. Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, Jimmy. Jimmy G. Uh, he was, what, 16-2 and two in his first 18 starts. So that was intriguing to watch him as well. And uh, he started off slowly and ended up uh, having a pretty good night and uh, getting up all out, running the ball. Um, and then Seattle came back on him. Seattle kept trugging, 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 got it, got it tied up. Uh, I think if I, I was, you know, I was uh, sleepy and droggy and all that, but I think what a, was it a kicker that missed a field goal that allowed him to go in overtime and win it? So anytime too, you know, we're prep league guys, Russell Wilson, uh, collegiate mm -hmm. school in Richmond. Um, you know, when he was a senior and he was going through his uh, where he should go and stuff when NC State was in a changeover of, of coaches, Paul Johnson's name was up to run the option. I was like, they came in for a basketball game. I cornered Russell Wilson and said, hey, you know, uh, if you don't want to run the option down there, you can always come here. I showed him that uh, office down there so we can build an apartment for you and hide you here for the football <laughs> season and get you on there. But uh, it was exciting always, you know, uh, Monday night football gets me fired up for the week of the grind of Fork Union. And uh, uh, I think it did well. But I was in and out. You know, I was tired <laughs> from Monday. So uh, you need to carry the day on that one. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you know, it's, it, you, ca you pretty much covered everything uh, that I think was important about the game. You know, especially uh, the fact that they had a rookie kicker um, in overtime with a chance to win the game, and he missed, like, I don't know, it was like a 40-yarder or something, Michonne. Yeah, it was like a 48-yarder. Yeah, like um, which you hate to see. I mean, you hate to see the young young kickers uh, miss the kick like that, and, you know, it's, it's a tough situation to, to be in. But, again, like you said, there's something special about Russell Wilson. I mean, that guy, he's always constantly been told he's too small uh, everywhere he's went. Now, I know here – when he played at collegiate, obviously in high school, the size isn't as big of a factor. Um, and he managed pretty well from what I've uh, heard. I wasn't here, obviously. But um, the stories I've heard is that he did a pretty good job while he was in high school. Um, but he is able to been tra you know transition that into the pro level. And um, you got to give credit to uh, the coaching staff over there in uh, Seattle just because the way that they've been able to mold that offense around him and, and set him up for success, um, which, you know, Brings me to my next point or my next question for you, Coach, is who do you think is going to go to the Super Bowl this year? I mean, right now we have uh, San Francisco and Seattle who are, you know, 8-2 and two and 8-1 and one respectively. Uh, the Patriots are rocking. It's it's hard to tell, uh, but we do seem to have those teams that are out front. So what do you, what do you think is going to be the, the end result here? Who do you early, – early prediction, obviously, but who do you think is going to end up in the Super Bowl this year? Uh, that's a great question. I don't think the Patriots are going to make it. So Interesting. I think out of the AFC conference, is Houston, Texas, mm -hmm. the AFC? Mm -hmm. I would probably put my hat on Houston out of the AFC. I like their quarterback. I like what they did. They traded to upgrade their offensive line. Um, even though J.J. Watt is out, I think they have enough defensive people to uh, get into playoffs and go ahead and make a run so they get in the Super Bowl. I would go Houston Texans and, you know, I want to say the Eagles, but I think they still have some problems. So I'm going to go over there and say 
Um, Seattle. Okay. I'll go with Seattle. Yeah, I mean, they, they looked hard to beat last night, if you ask me. Uh, it's interesting to, to hear, you know, that uh, the Patriots won't be in the Super Bowl. Um, for my money, I think that they're just too good to beat. Uh, Tom Brady has just been doing it for too long. But, again, I would not be upset if they didn't make it. You know, it's it's always it's always nice to see new teams getting a chance, um, and we haven't seen that enough recently. So I would I would like to see some new teams. But again, it's still super super early. We haven't even begun to talk about the playoffs yet. Um, but I just wanted to kind of get it out there, get it on film, see where we're standing. Uh, you I know, I think um, you know Baltimore exposed their weaknesses, mm-hmm. but I don't think Baltimore. What Baltimore did to them was they went pistol. And pistol up front is, you know, you get two double teams, and those double teams are vertical mm-hmm. to allow you to, you know, they got Mark Ingram kicking up in there, and then they did zone read, and they did options with our quarterback, um, Lamar Jackson. But I think people will defense him and scheme the pistol offense up. Mm-hmm. Now, they were creative putting um, – I think that was a great message, RG3 in the backfield and running an option with him uh, Sunday. It was pretty creative. But, um, you know, two elusive quarterbacks, one at Texas, one at Baltimore. I'm not disrespecting Baltimore. I love the Baltimore Ravens. But I think um, Deshaun Watson will carry the day. Um, and, uh, but uh, I think everybody's going to learn from what Baltimore did. And uh, Tom's a great GOAT. Got to give him credit, but I just don't think – I don't know why you get rid of Josh Gordon after you have a problem with A.B. Brown. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't understand it. They don't have a deep threat that I know of. I know the, the Arizona State rookies coming on, but, um, you know, hitting Edelman over the middle constantly, 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 constantly. I mean, you know, you might get a concussion and get hurt again. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's brought them, what, 7-1? and one? Hopefully, it will get them another Super Bowl. But I just don't think they have enough firepower to do it. Great defense, all that stuff. But uh, got to have a little bit more offense there. Yeah, I mean, you can never really count out Bill Belichick. That guy could go to McDonald's tomorrow and find an all-star receiver. So, it's hard to say. But, uh, um, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. I think, uh, you know, that that you mentioned Baltimore. That was an interesting backfield. They had three Heisman Trophy winners in the backfield with RG3, Jackson, and Ingram. Yeah, which, uh, that was know, pretty crazy. Pretty, pretty impressive. But I, I think you're exactly right. I think that they caught the Patriots off guard. They weren't expecting that. Um, but now it's on film. So yeah. <laughs> it's out there. People know it's going to happen. Yeah, um, up. So again, moving on to uh, another football topic. Again, it was a crazy weekend in college football. Um, LSU beat Alabama in Tuscaloosa. It's the first loss for Alabama in almost 30 games um, in Tuscaloosa. Uh, what do you think about that one? Well, when I got home from the postgraduate game, I clicked that on right away, and it was halftime. It was LSU up. 33 to 10 and I was like wow and all we've heard about all along is LSU has got a more potent offense with their quarterback which has slipped my mind right now but um he carried a day I think it's what Joe Barrow Joe mm-hmm. Joe somebody something yeah, and he Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow he carried a day he got the offense scoring obviously and then it was amazing how Nick Saban, everybody came in, made some adjustment at halftime, and they start 
chinching away at the lead, chinching mm-hmm. away, chinching away, chinching away. And I thought Alabama was going to make a great comeback and win that game. But uh, the offensive LSU held up and uh, got one in late. I think uh, Barrow scrambled, got a big chunk, got him down there, got him in to make it 45, got a little space there, and he ended up winning. Um, again, to me, it's exciting to watch LSU. They fixed their offensive problems. They actually hired a kid out of William & Mary mm-hmm. who had some training out of William & Mary and uh, went with the Saints as a quality control offensive guy. So uh, uh, um, he was taught by a great offensive mind down there, William & Mary with Laycock and uh, Kevin. <coughs> I can't remember. So he used to be at Virginia Tech. Uh, Kevin, Kevin somebody out of uh, – used to be at Virginia Tech. Then he went to William Mary, finished up his career there. He's on their radio broadcast, and um, I liked it. I like it. Uh, you know, anytime Alabama gets knocked off, it's uh, it's good for college. It's good for the uh, enthusiasm of the college world. So now we we'll see if uh, Alabama's got what it takes to climb back up there, and uh, it's going to be interesting. Uh, what four more weeks? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, if if history's any guide. Uh... You know, Nick Saban will will do something to to get those guys ready for the next one. Um, But this does throw uh, the current standings for the playoffs. Now, again, I think the first official rankings will drop sometime this week um, for the playoffs. But as it stands right now, we have LSU number one. That's no surprise as they beat Alabama in Alabama. Ohio State is two. They absolutely trounced Maryland this weekend, 74 to like 14 or something. Um, Clemson is three, and then Alabama is still hanging in there at four. I mean, you know, Sean mentioned he's kind of surprised that uh, uh, that Alabama is still in the top four. Um, but it's hard to discount them. I mean, they've been doing it for years. Uh, and, if you know, again, if history's any guide, Nick Saban will have him bouncing back pretty quick. But do you think that that's going to hold, or do you think it's going to shift a little bit before the end of the season? Yeah, just listen to – Herb Street and all these guys are talking about now that allows the Pac-12 to sneak someone in there, but I just don't see it happening. Uh, one thing about it, I think Georgia's five, so Alabama was not going to slip below Georgia because Georgia lost to a non-ranked team right. at the University of South Carolina. Uh, they flubbed up that weekend and slid them down, and you know when. When three loses to or two loses to one or three loses to one, I mean, you really can't slide them down right. that much. I think Alabama is ahead of um, Georgia, so I would keep them four, Georgia five. Well, you know, Penn State lost, so they're going to slide down. It's going to allow Clemson to move up, so we're okay. I'm okay with uh, with Alabama at four. I yeah. think that's a good quality situation. The, the real question is, is do you think that they're ever going to expand the playoff? I mean, four teams kind of cuts it off to where you got to – I mean, there's at least two more that might fit in there. Um, maybe expand it to six or eight. Do you think that they'll ever do that? I don't know. What do you think? I think it's in the works. I think it would be a great idea to expand it, go to six, maybe eight, maybe ten. I'll yeah. go with ten. Yeah, I mean, the FCS – I mean, the uh, – is it the FCS – the one double A they do they do what they do 16, 16. so yeah the model actually it definitely works now they'd have to work with that with the bowl games but I, I I can only see that making them more money the more teams you have in there the better it's going to be for business 
Um, and we're going to get a true look at who the number one team is. I mean, you know, you had uh, UCF, was it last year, that claimed they were the national oh, yeah. champs because yeah. they were undefeated. You know, you're not you're not going to have a situation like that if you if you if you have more teams coming in. There is no argument um, over that. But you know, of course, yeah, I like even amount. I mean, you can have four tier bowls. You can have yeah. your rolls, your orange, your what Tostito and sugar. They can handle the top eight. I, I would not want to go to an odd amount where the number one team gets a buy. Yeah, I mean, it's just play it, get it going, knock it down. Keep knocking it down till you get a championship. So, I think there is a gap. You know, there's a seems like to me that there's a big time gap between the last game and the championship game. Mm -hmm. So yeah, just let them play it off, see who's hot, and see who comes out. You know, get get a little bit more uh, uh, December and January madness, and to steal a little bit from the March madness crew. So exactly. I, I'm I'm game to that. Yeah, and they can still have the lower tier bowls as well. You know, still yeah, let those, those smaller love teams. Lower tier. Yeah, we've been you know. to military bowl. I've been to military bowl probably four out of six years. It's a great bowl up there mm -hmm. in Annapolis, especially when it's not as cold as it's getting today and tomorrow. Yeah. But uh, it's been a good time. I watched Temple Wake Forest. That was a great game, mm -hmm. and we've been up there twice for Virginia Tech. So uh, uh, I, I'm game to that. We've been to the Gator Bowl, which is now. Down there, uh, we went and visit. Uh, it's called the uh, what? Uh, something something World Bowl, Campus World Camp, Bowl, something World like Bowl, that. Yeah. Went to Orlando, had a good time. Which you what? Then you just get back from Orlando, so you <laughs> yeah. know what that means. Oh yeah, oh yeah. You were on nice. those rides and probably That's dressed right. up as a princess. <laughs> no princesses. But Our daughter yeah. Liz, soon as what? I remember her jumping over the gate. She didn't even want to wait in line, man. She jumped over the gate. Hey, Disney's a special place, man. You go there, everything is everything is different. If you man. can't go to Canada. Off. That's right, exactly. Go to what, the Epcot Center and take the world tour. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. exactly right. Uh, so you mentioned um, Virginia Tech and, and, and kind of tie this into, uh, you know, another ACC team that has been in the news recently is FSU firing their head coach, Willie Taggart, after just getting a win, which is kind of weird. You know, they just won this weekend. And then they gave him the, you know, the boot. Uh, and now the speculation is that they're going to hire Deion Sanders to replace him. First of all, I'm sad for Willie Taggart. He's a good guy. I agree. Um, I met him a few times, and uh, he's a downhole, good old guy, player coach. Uh, I guess, you know, the wins just wasn't enough for the Florida State fan base. And, uh, you know, you can see they have quality people. They just beat Boston College, and mm -hmm. they're – they're close to being bowl eligible. So uh, uh, I can understand them trying to bring in a name like Dion, flashy, uh, doing the Herm Edwards type of thing where the Arizona State said, I'll bring in a, you know, a pro guy, a guy that's been on ESPN who has a lot of following. And uh, he's done a good job at Arizona State moving that around. But, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't have a problem with Dion. I promised Snoop Dogg. There was a picture of Snoop Dogg uh, wanting to get in there. So, I don't have a problem with that. Any any time that Florida State and Miami is having problems, that means Virginia, Virginia Tech is having a good year. That's so, right. That's exactly right. So, any time they're having problems uh, or, you know, other teams in the ACC are having good years, like Wake Forest, they're having, you know, they're, they've only had two loss. And they were ranked, what, 17th high? They were 17th. And Tech, you know, Bud – this one's for Bud Day. Uh, mm -hmm. Knocked him out at a perch. 
So uh, I'm good with that. I like to support our ACC local teams as much as can. Uh, to me, you mentioned Maryland. I don't know why Maryland ever got out of the Big Ten. Yeah, They're chasing the money, the skirt of the money. And, uh, I mean, when you get beat, what, two games in a row, 65-7 to seven or – 55. So I think Michigan got them pretty good, and uh, now what? High State went in there, blasted them. So, yep. you know, they're it. We, the border wars are wonderful. I mean, the Tech, West Virginia, Virginia, Maryland, Virginia Tech, Maryland, easy trips to go see. Sad that uh, you know Rutgers and uh, um, Maryland boated on us. So. Uh, that's sad. Yeah, it's it's a tough situation, but you know, again, we'll keep an eye on it, and uh, it's always interesting when they when they throw. You know, my last know. concert that I went to actually was a Snoop Dogg concert, so hey, I'm good. There I'm you good. go. There you go. I All didn't right. partake in anything, but uh, <laughs> I'm good, man. Oh man, that's funny. Um, all right, so the last thing we want to talk about with college football is uh, shout out to our alma mater, both mine and coach's alma mater, VMI. Had a pretty good season this year. Won four games, which is uh, Pretty unprecedented, really, in recent memory. Um, and then they, they wrap up their season tomorrow against West Point. Um, and you were mentioning something before uh, about you, the time you played. Um, why don't you go ahead and tell us about that, Coach? Yeah, first of all, yeah, shout-out to VMI and Coach Wackenheim and his staff. Mm-hmm. Um, they won three conference games, which uh, we can't remember VMI winning yeah. three in the Southern Conference. Uh, probably have to go back to um, 19... 19- 78, 79, I think, when VMI won the Southern Conference. So, uh, shout out to them. And uh, they they hit a buzzsaw with Furman this weekend, last weekend. But uh, they got West Point, going into West Point. And then they finish up, I'm pretty sure, with UT Chattanooga on the 23rd. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, um, our senior year, we bust up to uh, – actually, we flew into um, – one of their army bases up there and uh, bust over to West Point. And I remember uh, we were in uh, like the General Mitchell Hotel spending uh, Friday night and we got up, got to the stadium. We went out for pregame and uh, there were battles all around, fights between VMI and West Point cadets. I mean, as soon as like I got out of the locker room, you go up these steps and you and uh, uh, Mikey stayed me to turn right to go to your end zone to warm up and, and there were some VMI guys. My roommate Keith Frazier was there beating the crap out of people and uh, we got back in before the game. We said, well, what was going on? And they said, well, uh, a couple of VMI cadets uh, jimmied up and uh, stole the West Point flag. <laughs> West Point got upset and it was a Donnybrook that's, uh, that uh, started. And uh, that was a core game for us. What's that mean is like we bust up our core to hang out up there in New York, and it's a pretty good time. Like, I think uh, this year our core went down to Citadel, and we were having to beat Citadel and then brought the Silver Shaco back. Anytime you can get VMI can get the Silver Shaco, it's a it's a wonderful day. It's a wonderful day. Indeed, so, yeah. shout out to VMI and their core, and hopefully they'll continue much success. Yeah, I mean, uh, luckily uh, I, don't, I don't foresee any fist fights or anything like that. Um, but the two the two cores of cadets are currently engaged in a meme war. If you uh, pay any attention to the the online world, it's it's getting pretty spicy out there with the memes. Um, between you know, it's all in good fun, obviously, but uh, it's it's a fun rivalry, quote right, unquote. What's a, explain that one where everybody puts Michael Jordan's head on something and he's crying. What does that's that? That's just you know that's to to show 
like that you're sad that something happened. So you know, you. Oh, uh, that's all it is. Yeah, that's pretty much all it is. Oh, so okay. it's like you know, you did something me. and I'm now like, and now you're crying. You yeah. Know? So it gets me when I'm like, man, we got Michael Jordan again. We'll have to we'll have to do a, a meme class for you, Coach. I'll, yeah, I'll, break, I'll break it down for you sometime. Um, we'll put something on my body. Yeah, that would be good. <laughs> we can meme Coach Schumann. All yeah. right. Yeah. Anybody out there? Tell out there on Facebook. Go. Get a picture like that one. Yeah, you take the uh, take the Schumann says picture and there put something go. on it. That'd There's, be awesome. There is potential a out there. There's we'll de- send you a hat. Hey, there you go. <laughs> Coach Schumann meme contest. You heard it here first, send folks. You a hat, bro. For somebody meme Coach Schumann, we'll send you some some merch. So that's that's pretty much all all that we really wanted to cover in the um, outside sports world. Now we're going to transition into our Fork Union coverage, and we're going to start with. Uh, a little look back at the uh, Veterans Day ceremony that we had yesterday. Um, if you were around, um, it was a beautiful ceremony. Uh, had a great, you know, weather for it. It wasn't too cold like it is today, which is, you know, very nice. We were all out there. Had the cadets out there. Great speech uh, by a former veteran or by a veteran. And uh, I gotta say, it was it was a really nice, you know, little break in the day to get out there and remember our veterans. Uh, yes, sir. Beautiful day. <laughs> Wonderful ceremony, um, just sending chills up your spine when uh, Sergeant Major said, well, it's reading off the names. Mm-hmm. We understand that when we go through uh, New Market Day at VMI. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I was saying it to myself, every uh, name that came up, uh, I was like, died on the field of battle, sir. Yep. Died on the field of battle, sir. And that's mm-hmm. what we say at New Market. And um, it was a beautiful ceremony. The 21 gun salute was awesome. The speakers were awesome. Laying the reef was awesome. Having the carnations by our, seemed like the crowd of veterans were a lot more this year yep. than past. And watching them line up and lay those re, uh, put those carnations down were just heartwarming to me, uh, especially since my, my mother lives with a veteran of the um, uh, Korean War. I think uh, our speaker mentioned the Korean War a couple mm-hmm. of times. So every time he mentioned that, I was like, you know, uh, my guy, Sandy Wenzel, who basically crawled out of a Korean POW camp, walked about 200 miles to safety. Uh, still, he has frostbitten uh, uh, feet right now, and it's giving him some trouble. But uh, he was down in Char- uh, Savannah, Georgia, with the 95th Bomber Unit having a reunion also. So it was such a touching moment. I thought our – our cadets carried today, mm-hmm. as well as our missions people brought in about 20 families uh, to pick back off the Veterans Day and had a great um, Fork Union uh, fair, and uh, it was pretty good. Yeah, the crowd the crowd was very good, you know. And, and Mark, uh, I remember if you remember last episode, Mark had mentioned that they thought maybe 10 families were going to come. It was at least double that. Yeah. Um, so they had they had a good showing there, and then like you mentioned, the cadets I thought handled themselves very well. You know, uh, we do have a short little video recap, which we'll go ahead and play now. Uh, so if in case you did miss it, uh, you can get get a good chance to see that. Lewis Walter Cherry Jr., Paul Frederick Cobb, Edward DiCarlo, Vincent Vardigas Diaz Jr., Jonathan K. Dozier, Russell Kenneth Ellis, John Blair Fitzsimmons.
All right, uh, so now moving on to the Fork Union Sports update. Uh, we've got a, a couple of things that we need to mention, um, and we're going to start off with the cross-country team. What can you tell us about them, Coach? Cross-country had a great year. We were third in the Virginia Prep League. And uh, being a first-time AD, I'm starting to you know see firsthand this Prep League is no joke. I mean, mm-hmm. St. Chris won, won the Prep League. And uh, they ended up winning the states uh, also. So we were seventh in the state, third in the prep league. We had two kids make all prep and one kid make all state. Awesome. Uh, Kelly and I, uh, we traveled down to Pole Green Park and watched the state match. And uh, it was eye-opening for me. With the, uh, We had two division races that we were in Division One. We watched a runner from Episcopal. High school win that. Then I had a WNL had a uh, cross country coach here. He he pedaled up on his bike and said, "Hey man, where's this guy from VES? Why ain't he in the first race?" And I'm like, "I don't know. I think they're in <laughs> Division Two. He's supposed to run sub 15." And this fellow went around the course, and I think he ended up like 15:24. But they were all expecting him to go sub 15, which would be a record, yeah. and so on. And then we watched the women's and so on. But it was a great day too. It's allowing me to understand different sports uh, coming out of just a uh, football base for mm-hmm. 39 years. Now I'm starting to understand soccer. I'm starting to understand cross country and so on and so on. But uh, cross country had a, a pretty good day, pretty good season. That's good to hear. You know, it's it's good to hear that our team, not just football is thriving. And that's that's something that I think – um, a lot of people in the wider community may not realize is that we're not just a football school. We're not just a basketball school. Um, we're pretty good at most sports. And and to kind of transition into talking more about that, we also have indoor track coming up uh, off the piggyback of cross country. Right. Coach Winston Brown, uh, head cross country coach, head track coach. Um, he is ready to go and kick off this indoor season. I think they're going to do a scrimmage with Woodbury on December 6th, and then they're loading up and heading to uh, an indoor meet at VMI. So it's going to be pretty cool. You know, VMI has that brand-new indoor training center uh, with a track, with training for military people and so on. So uh, I think Winston's got his team ready. They're loaded with hurdlers, he says. Uh, He's got Bob Berger out there coaching the hurdlers. Bob Berger has been known to develop big-time hurdlers. We talked today about maybe trying to get uh, Mr. Moss out there to get his hips a little bit more mm-hmm. uh, stretched out, get him over hurdlers, get him some great times. Like our tradition, we've had Chris Washburn be a hurdler, Michael Quick, all these big high-powered uh, Eddie George athletes can get him in there, get him going, maybe get him a little bit more notoriety and get him into an upper echelon school. Um, we are throwers are back. All of our throwers are back, so we're excited about that. We have a speed guy, Cadet Reynolds, is supposed to be world class, sub 11 seconds, um, probably be 6'2, 6'1, 6'3 in the 50 yard dash. So uh, we look forward to him. Uh, Reynolds, you know, bypass football to train for track, so this is his, this is his season. Shine, Let's yeah. see him, uh, yeah. Time to shine. Yeah, I actually have him in class as well right now, and he's doing pretty well. Seems so. like a, yeah. a bright eye guy, intelligent guy. Look like he's got his body a little bit more physical. Mm-hmm. Worked hard in the weight room, so uh, 
it's going to be interesting to track his progress, give us something to track. Mm-hmm. for indoor and outdoor season. So, yeah, we're fired up about indoor track. Definitely, definitely. And then also, to to continue this kind of theme, the wrestling team is hard at work down there. I mean, that, that wrestling room is one of the best I've seen. I mean, it's, you know, top-notch, padding everywhere, enough space for everybody to do whatever they need to do, and then all the dummies and all that stuff that you need to get better at wrestling. Um, I've seen them down there working hard for at least the last few weeks. First of all, shout out to Rich Taddy, <clears throat> our uh, associate AD, who's in charge of our building. He worked diligently to get the um, wrestling room out of the old room into the new room. Mm-hmm. He secured the padding to make it safe. He's got the padding straight. He's got it going. Our coach, Dean Hall, is uh, was coach of the year last year. I think uh, out of the last three years, he's been coach of the year twice in the state. Um, they are ranked right now in the state number two preseason-wise. They're loaded in every class. Cadet Grisco is coming back. He had an outstanding season last year. Who we know off of football, Austin Fogg. Mm-hmm. He's a highly acclaimed wrestler out of South Jersey, Woodstown, New Jersey, or Pilesgrove, New Jersey. Um, he's trying to get some other guys. We lost our heavyweight through during football season, Sattel. But I, I think we're going to be loaded in just about every spot, and it's going to be uh, – I think we have three good matches here. One is the military league match where we're bringing in the Fishburns, all the military schools, Fishburn, Hargrave, and whoever else military wrestles. We're going to have a big match here. We will have an, a core night. I think that's January 14th. Our core is going to come. Boom. Which Virginia Tech – just had to rest a match that was outside. I saw pictures of that. That was yeah. awesome. Yeah. On I the baseball diamond yeah. ahead track. So I was saying, hey, man, you know, if if we have to next year, if we're ranked number one, we might have to do an outside one. I think like that's a great does, idea. hockey does, wrestling yeah. does, that would be awesome. I think that would be a great idea. It is very exciting time for, for Fork Union winter sports. Um, and if you, you know, ever want to come out to a match, all the information you need to to know when to come, what when the games are, where they're going to be, is uh, available on our website. Um, so you can just go ahead and check that out and find everything you have uh, you need. Again, links will be in the description below. Um, but we still have we got prep basketball kicking off tomorrow. Yep. They're going to Mia Academy for a scrimmage, and then they come back for a home game next Monday, the 18th, playing Churchill Academy. Pretty strong outfit out of Richmond. Uh, we got PG basketball. They have two major events this week as well. They're scrimmaging Blue Ridge School, which is a highly accountable school. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they go to Navy this weekend to play Navy. It's JV. So, uh, uh, you know, we're, we're grinding. Yeah. We're in the grind right now. Finished up one season. We're in the other season. We're rolling here. We're rolling pretty good. Yeah, and again, if you haven't been to see any of these winter sports, highly encourage it. Some great quality athletes, great quality coaching, um, and definitely, definitely worth the trip out here. Uh, also, to kind of wrap up what we were talking about last week, uh, the Fork Union prep team went out there to St. Chris in the first round of the playoffs, and unfortunately was we were unable to get it done. Lost 28-14 to St. Chris uh, in a very hard-fought game. I think it was a, a good game. You know, both teams played well. Uh, we were just, you know, came up a little short. Um, but, you know, again, can't win them all. Uh, and hopefully, you know, we'll be able to bounce back from this next year. 
I wasn't there. I had to cover the postgraduate football team's game against Jiree Prep, mm -hmm. but I heard the crowd was wonderful. We had some former players back. We had Coach Selvin, a former, uh, probably the last head coach we had here on the prep team that led a team to the playoffs. Yep. He was there. He was quite impressed with uh, what we were doing out on the field. Uh, today, the St. Christopher coach gave us a shout out as well in the meeting about how hard our players played and how they emotionally wanted to win that game. So it's a good step. Mm -hmm. I think we've uh, we've moved more than an inch to uh, set a foundation for years to come with our prep uh, players. Uh, all we got to do now is just, uh, you know, uh, we want to consolidate all of our teams so that we didn't have any gaps. So, you know, in this offseason, as we uh, become better with our prep uh, players and with our prep team, we'll sit down and decide what we got to do with our JV so we can strengthen our younger te uh, teams to feed our uh, higher teams so that uh, we can be a traditional power in the prep league. So uh, I think it's a great start, get in those playoffs, send our um, seniors off the right way, and now uh, lay the foundation for years to come. I agree. I agree. And you uh, mentioned the PG team. They they played against Jiree Prep uh, this last weekend in their last official game. Um, how'd that game go, Coach? It was a uh, – Jiree jumped on us, got up 12 nothing. We batted back. Um, and Vashon can tell – can say that the fellow that dominated the game was number 85. I think he's from Denmark. Yes, sir. He had an incredible catch yeah, to – uh, Yes, sir. Yeah. Mr. Ashworth, um, his parents are VMI people. His grandparents are VMI people. Donnie Ross called us about him. Uh, Bobby Ross called him about him. We got him here. Um, he performed admirably. Uh, went up in between two players, got the ball, got us some momentum. Then, boom, we got down there again. Our quarterback took the uh, quarterback power read for about 35 yards and scored. We got a 13-12. It was Almost, we had our chances to knock them out. Then we had a couple problems. We would jump off sides. We had a fumble, a couple things like that. And uh, Jairi got one in late and beat us 18-13, I do believe. Yeah, I mean, that's a good squad. Um, they they are fairly new, if I'm correct. No, they've been going strong about 12 years. Okay, so 12 years, yeah. So Their not... coach tweeted, had a great tweet about the game. Said, his team fall hard, we fall hard. He was impressed with our hospitality and uh, things of that nature. So I, I thought that was Coach Williams and Jairi gave us a pretty good pub on Twitter That's good. right after the game. And a lot, a lot of people retweeted it and followed it and so on. So we, we appreciate that. It's been, it's been a battle. And, and uh, you know, it's, uh, it's not as intense as Hargrave, mm -hmm. but it's there. You know, if Hargrave were ever bring it back and bring that intensity back, Somebody just uh, a couple weeks ago was like, man, that Hargrave Fork Union game was nothing like that. It was a battle for three hours. But Jiree, uh, I think we're about, uh, we're probably 12 and four against Jiree. We opened up 10 wins in a row, and they have had our numbers probably out of the last four years. They're beating us probably twice out of the last five, three out of five. Okay. So hats off to them. They yeah. came in, they got it done. Uh, we'll get ready to go down there next year. That's right. That's right. I mean, you know, like, like you said, without the Hargrave game, we need those uh, rivalry-type situations, and that has been one that's kind of emerged for us. So, 
Todd Schoolers. They've also talked about, I talked to their people about playing twice, and I was like, hey. Uh, we used to do we're, that with, we're good with yeah. that. We used to do it with Open Hargrave. up with you and finish with you. So yeah, I think that's a great, that might that's a be, great idea. Because they know that um, we had some cancellations, and mm-hmm. uh, a lot of PG teams, Milford had a couple cancellations. Um, East Coast Prep had a couple cancellations. They're like, hey, we should just – you know, do this. What has happened is like a few Southern PG schools, they play a lot of JV teams, and those JV teams only play four games. So that's kind of edged us out. We right. can't get in there with the Methodists in the North Carolina Westlands because they've already got their four games. So, right. you know, we'll work on that schedule, get a great schedule next year. And, uh, you know, I think Coach Frank Garrett did a wonderful job his first year. Mm-hmm. Um, got his feet wet. He knows what to do. And, uh, you know, and Vachon, I mean, we've lost three games, but by like seven points. Yeah. He was yeah. seven points away or eight, eight points, points away, away of being undefeated his yeah. first year. Every game we were in. Yeah. Yeah. So what? Three points of Valley Forge. It was, what, 16, 7, so that's nine. That's 12. And uh, I was thinking, hey, we're going to go down and score, kick the extra point, and beat these guys 19. Uh, so it's six more. So 18 points away yeah. from an undefeated season your first year. My bad. first year, I was four and six. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, a, special, it's a special beast trying to, to take a bunch of guys who never played together, turn them into a team in two weeks, and then go play games. That's not easy. That's crazy. Yeah. It's not easy to do. Um, Thank and God I'm not doing that anymore. Yeah, Spencer Duncan. I forgot. Yeah, Spencer oh, wow. did. Spencer? Spencer he was Duncan. here when I was yeah. here last time. Wow. Spencer came in. I like that kid. Yeah, he was. Spencer was uh, very thankful and grateful for his opportunity to be a player at Fork Union. He couldn't thank me enough before and after the game. Mm-hmm. And uh, I took his picture. It was a great picture. I mean, we should use that as a cover or something. Um, I took his picture, and then I took Kyle Gregory's picture, who's been a adamant follower of our team. And one of our players was at midfield on his knee praying, and I got a lot of response when I put that out on Facebook. Like, it's wonderful to have a alumni back, but check, check your postgraduate out. Yeah. photo bombing your picture praying and uh, i thought that was wonderful and then one of our uh adam lafleur mm-hmm. he he put a post out why don't you get that guy a fork union i said that's the first thing i thought about was so spencer when you get done we got to figure out a way to yeah. get you here really i mean your first class you're knowledgeable and that's what we look for exactly look for right. guys like that former players who can come in and uh, understand our process exactly right um, and so, so to wrap up this discussion about the PG team, the next uh, event is, I guess we're, we're calling it the, the foundation game or the federation game. Federation game, yes, I think sir. is what Frank was calling it. Yeah. Um, it used to, back in my day when I was here as a PG, it used to be a combine. That is no longer the case as the NCAA has regulated us out of that. Um, so why don't you talk about how this, this foundation game or the federation game works? <clears throat> okay, so back in the day when I first started, I said Forkini needs to do some things to stay ahead of the crowd. Mm-hmm. So we were the first school to start working out our prospects and getting um, their indicators on a sheet of paper and then try and explain to them, like, hey, you've come to the doctor office, here's your prescription you have to follow to get ready for this season. 
So then we, we started working out kids and collecting our team, and then we would do a May workout. So we used to call that a May mini camp to keep ahead of our Hargraves and Jiree. They don't do that. So then we said, all right, before they leave, we got to do something. We have to have an impact. You know, before they go away and then as they come back, do something to put a wind in their sail and get going. So we always started after Thanksgiving, work out a week, and then have a big uh, game, federation game, intra-squad scrimmage to draw a crowd of coaches and send them out with something. This year we're different because our academic schedule is new and different. We finished the second term before Thanksgiving break. So we're allowing our guys to finish up with a federation game and then head on to Thanksgiving. And then that allows our guys to have about 10 extra days of recruitment. Because when we, would, when we would do the game in December, let's say it was December 7th, we only had eight more days before it closed. Mm -hmm. See, it gets quiet, it gets dead on December 15th every year now because you have a early signing on the 17th. So this is allowing our guys from November 21st now to December 15th, it expands our window mm -hmm. of opportunities to place kids. Whereas before, we had a very, very narrow, yeah. narrow. So if anybody's out there thinking, why are they leaving before Thanksgiving? So one, it's academic. And two, it allows us more. There's more opportunities for January admits than there are for August admits. True. So we want to jump on, just like, you know, if, if LSU has 16 fifth-year seniors, they're done in January. Right. So that gives us 15 slots to jump on. So that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to, like, if you're getting rid of your fifth-year seniors, you know, after your bowl game, we want to, we want to get that slot. There. So uh, there's pros and cons to everything, but this year I think it's going to be beneficial with our placement, even though – you know, uh, it's been a long haul. It's been a long four months with these guys. Definitely. But um, uh, it's positive. It's a federation. And uh, before I leave tonight, I'll probably call my Canadian contact because he's supposed to be up there working out with a team and trying to bring a team down for us to face. Hmm. I mean, we like to bring the Canadian guys down oh, yeah. so we can evaluate them for next year as well as give our guys fresh blood to you know work on mm -hmm. i mean we have to pair them up back in the day in like 1989 and 90 and so on when i had 25 signees already i would get them together and say we're going to put a wwe fest on <laughs> you guys fake it yeah and let we'll make these guy, guys look yeah, good yeah. you so that you know help me out your place you got to play somebody yeah so now we don't do that because yeah. we don't bring in that many signees yeah, it's uh, it's definitely a good opportunity. You know, it's it's always as a player, it's always gets you pumped up. Do you see all those coaches yeah. coming around? Um, and you know, there's really nothing like it, especially yeah. especially when you have the linemen. You got the huge circle of coaches around the linemen, and they're doing one on ones. I mean, that it, it is it is a sight to be behold. Yeah, just like today, we had a a major program come in, and you know, it was exciting. I mean, kids were popping around. They were getting their juice out, and we had the circle, and yep. 
Coach Eric was sitting there calling people out, like, hey, I need this guy, I need that guy. They were battling, and uh, uh, yeah, like you said, I mean, when a coach comes in, it's a pretty exciting time. Yeah, and, and obviously the ultimate goal is to make sure that these kids have a place to play next year. Um, and hopefully, you know, again, they, they are able to show up and show out when these coaches are here, and they, they'll get placed because uh, that is the ultimate goal. Yes, sir. Placement is it. Opportunities. Even if you get a walk-on opportunity, it's not a bad deal now. That's right. You can go walk-on at the highest amount, and if you do not uh, like it there or if you're not getting uh, rubbed the right way, uh, getting playing time, you can slide down without punishment. Exactly. Or you can graduate quickly and move on. Like um, we put a kid down in Middle Tennessee, and uh, he was a brilliant guy out of Lafayette, um, where Purdue is up there in Indiana. And I was like, hey, you're smart enough, graduate in two and a half years and get out of there. So he's going to graduate probably in December, and we'll, you know, open up, get him in the transfer portal, and that should open up some avenues somewhere, William and Mary or something like that. So, Yeah, I mean, the, the job doesn't stop once they leave. That's really yes, kind, of, that's kind of the thing. If, if, if a cadet ever needs help, they're always just a phone call away. So uh, it's always good but to you see. But, you know, that. with our recruiting, we have an online sports recruit program that our PGs have been using, and uh, I'm still a director on it, so I can see who is um, – you know, uh, which coaches are contacting our guys and who we are favoriting as we're sending out. Like South Le Southeast Louisiana University um, just hit us up. Coach Scalfo, who we've known forever, he's hit up out a defensive back. We've had Kennesaw State hit us up. So we can see what's going on. Now we just got to we got to pop it. We got to right. pop some offers. That's right. That's right. Okay, and uh, for the last segment tonight, we wanted to continue – the uh, stories from the Fork Union Vault. And we're going to go ahead and tonight we're going to talk about the class of 1989. What can you tell us about these guys, Coach? 1989 is a large class. One thing about, man, from 88 to about 2005, I had probably between 55 to 65 with a high of 72 players. Wow. So we've had... In 1989, we were loaded with people, but we played a harder schedule. We played one, two, three, four, five junior colleges that were nationally ranked. Wow. We started to say, let's go out in that time. Let's fight for our slots. So we attacked at the junior colleges. We went up to Montgomery Junior College. We went down to Lees McRae in Banner Elk, North Carolina. We played Chowan. We played North Greenville and Tigerville, South Carolina. They were basically the um, subsidiary of Clemson at the time. Our most valuable player on that team was Ernest Dixon, who we had his son two years ago. Our best defensive player was Lewis Johnson out of Archbishop Carroll High School in D.C. He comes to us, plays linebacker, heads to Virginia Tech. Our um, best offense was Michael Hodges a big-time, thick running back who also signed with Virginia Tech. I think off this team, we had five Virginia Tech guys and two Virginia guys. Nice. So we're pretty uh, excited about that. We had a, a very good offensive line. John Fabianic out of Pittsburgh was a great player. Uh, we have Keith Gim 
who works for Under Armour right now. He's a uh, representative for Under Armour. He was, well, um, he he started his own business, then got out of that, got hooked up with Under Armour. So it's another Fork Union guy who made it to Under Armour and is working with him right now. Hmm. Uh, one of our favorite guys off that team was John Power out of Union, New Jersey. Love John Power. John Power. Gentlemen. You talk about a southern gentleman that lives up in the northeast there. Always a fan favorite of Fork Union. He's always been a contributor. He always knows how to call us about great players. Every year now for the last four years, I've gone to a college day up there in his high school. I'm waiting for his invitation. One, to go up there and sell Fork Union, but two, just to hang out with John. Yeah. And uh, uh, very, very wonderful guy. We had uh, John Berlin, who's the defensive line coach at Davidson College. John Berlin was a local guy. He always comes back at Thanksgiving. I meet him in Charlottesville, and uh, we always chat about some things. He's got Davidson right now. He's a defensive coordinator. Davidson University is winning games two years in a row. I think they're 6-3 and three right now. Just beat Valparaiso. So John Berlin was on that team. Tally Hare, quarterback out of um, Bethlehem, PA. Travis Hawkins, right out of Chester, uh, Virginia. Travis came here, played for us uh, with football, went down to Georgia and played baseball, transferred to Radford, Kelly School, and ended up with baseball. I see Travis periodically. His, his family runs Travis Hawkins' electricians. They have just uh, worked out a deal with Dominion Power down here in Bremo, so I see their truck and see their stuff. Just gave one of their workers a shirt for Travis, myself. Awesome. Um, so, uh, Bobby Phillips, great running back off that team. He's in the AD club off the 1989 football roster. Big old Bobby Phillips two years ago came to one of our games with Jeremy Parsons. Uh, they were friends, have been teammates and friends, developed the brotherhood like the prep team, and mm -hmm. they get together uh, – two or three times a year. Glenn Pedro uh, came in here as a running back, Simon Marshall. Probably is the second leading or third leading rusher in Marshall's university's history. Uh, plenty of guys. Chris Sifford, another AD club member. He always comes to our, um, if, we, if we're playing in Charlotte or Salisbury or Gastonia, anywhere around there, Concord, he will be at our game wearing Fork Union gear. He's a big backer of Fork Union and what we're doing. Andre Booker in the 89 season went to uh, Georgia. We went down and played Georgia's JV. It was like we went to a mini bowl game. We spent yeah. four days at the University of Georgia. Wow. We, we got there Thursday night. We practiced Friday. We got up Saturday morning, took SATs. We marched down to the stadium after SATs, went up into the crowd, watched the game. The next day, stayed there and played um, their JV game. When we featured Andre Booker at the time, and uh, he signed with them. We were on their radio, uh, <clears throat> the Georgia radio and stuff. We all came back with sunburns. It looked like we were, you know. <laughs> Hanging out at the we, beach we, the whole yeah, time. We were in Bahamas <laughs> for four days. So, that's that's so, awesome. Robert Smart, I talked with him just a few. Well, first of all, let me back up. Tyrone Drakeford, uh, 
one of our great players who he had VMI as an option and then late Virginia Tech came in and signed him, went off to Virginia Tech, had over 20-some interceptions, uh, got drafted, spent I think seven to eight years in the pros with the Saints, with the 49ers. Um, we had a special moment a couple uh, last week. We called him and said, hey, Fork Union wants to honor you in a certain way. Are you in? I think he's pretty positive about that. Well, I had him on the phone. I said, hey, get Robert Smart to call me. I did not. I left the meeting room and got here in my office, and Robert Smart was calling me. Wow. That's how quick. And I said, Robert, I just want to talk to you. I haven't heard from you. Yeah. What are you doing? And so I moved to Leesburg. I got to get my family together. I got to get right, things like that. Robert Smart's been a great Fork Union guy. He has sent me some kids um, from that area, Leesburg, Northern Virginia, and so on. So it's a good, good. Uh, we have Reed Ebert from uh, Lynchburg. Reed, if you're listening, I need you to call me. Um, we, we've had a lot of guys. I mean, a lot of guys. I know I'm missing some. Um, but uh, if you're out there, Stephen Lapicus, who came from here, went up to West Point. I remember Stephen Lapicus, who probably you guys will know that too. We go to Lee's McRae on September 9th. They kick off to us. Stephen Lapicus runs 99 yards with the kickoff to the one-yard line. Oh, man. Four plays later, we were backed up on, the, like, our own 22-yard uh, line. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, that's a tough turnaround. Yeah. That's a tough turnaround. They threw us back and ended up beating us 40-7. to seven. They were well loaded. They had this guy, a linebacker named Teagle, who spent 12 years with the Falcons. Oh, man. They were loaded. Uh, we got off the bus. They were all in their trees. Their Banner Elk is a mountain with trees and stuff, white pine, and they were just shaking the leaves and grunting and groaning. Coming <laughs> out of it. We looked at each other and said, what did we get ourselves <laughs> into? We're in for a fight. I here. mean, there are experiences that, you know, you coach hard, you play hard against, like you said, St. Chris in the playoff. Your kids get more out of that than yeah. playing some Bunyan JV team where you beat the crap out of them. So we, we learned a lot. I learned a lot early on from playing the North Greenvilles, the Chawans, the Lees McCrays, uh, Montgomery, Phil Martin up there who's the radio announcer for Salisbury University. I learned a lot of football for him just by going up to Rockville, Maryland every year and playing Montgomery. So uh, uh, 89 roster is loaded. Uh, I know I miss a few guys, but uh, you can email me and chastise me, and I'll get you on down the, down the future. Yeah, if you're out there and, uh, you know, Coach coach missed your name or you want to uh, share a story, please, please leave a comment in the uh, comment section below. We will read it out on the next episode. Um, you know, if you have a, a funny story or some kind of anecdote or you just want to get on coach for not mentioning your name, uh, go ahead and leave that comment in the comments and we will read it on the next I episode. I think this roster does a very, very, very great job of imitating Coach Schumann. Like, uh, here's a guy too, Kenny Brown. Went to out of uh, Richmond area, went down to Virginia Tech, got drafted by the Denver Broncos. Uh, had a great career with Denver. And still in the area, so Kenny, if you're around, come on by and see you, man. We got plenty of shirts. That's right. You know, again, if you haven't been back, come back. We uh, we will, you know, throw you some merch, talk talk to you, catch up. That's all we want to do is just re-engage with those old alumni. Uh, you know, talk about the good old days, if it were. 
Um, and, you know, see if we can't get you back into the Fork Union family because that's, that's what it's all about here. And, again, if you are interested in supporting the Fork Union Athletics program, please join the AD Club. Uh, the money does go a long way to help these cadets have the things that they need to succeed. Again, um, if it's, you know, like Coach Schumann said, if it's just something like a pair of socks, that can go a long way to helping us succeed so we don't have to worry about where are we going to get the money for this uh, we have a nice little fund to draw from. So if you are wanting to support that, please click the link in the description below. Join the AD Club today, and, uh, you know, that would be a great thing to help us out. Hey, great point. Uh, I didn't do a very good job uh, of explaining the definition of the AD Club um, last week. And I read our description of the AD Club. And the first two sentences, basically, if you're passionate about Fort Union Military Academy, we would like to connect with you so that as many of our passionate guys that we get together, it will allow us to have some momentum and be able to service our cadets. So the first few sentences that I, that I sent up to our um, board to get approved for the AD Club is basically that, connecting passionate people about Fort Union Military Academy to gain momentum to strive our cadets. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. Again, helping the future of the programs succeed. That's what we're all about here. Yes, sir. Um, that's going to pretty much do it for tonight's episode. We appreciate everybody out there watching. We appreciate all the positive feedback, all the new members of the AD Club. Uh, we will have another episode next week, so be sure to tune in. And again, if you have any comments or questions for myself or Coach Schumann, please leave them in the, the comments below. We'll do our best to answer uh, either on the next episode or just directly in the comments. So thanks for watching. Have a great night, and we will see you all next week.